Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I am your host, C.L. Brown, columnist with the Louisville Courier Journal. We are nearing my favorite time of the calendar year with March Madness looming. And I'm planning on hopefully bringing some special guests on in the coming weeks. So to kick it off this episode, I'm joined by former coach Josh Pastner, who's been at both Memphis from 2009 to 2014 and Georgia Tech from 2014 to 2023. Pastner will help me break down which version is the real Kentucky and what life is like on the hot seat. So in lieu of doing a sound off this week, we're going to jump straight into the interview with former coach Josh Pastner. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you, CL. Appreciate you having me. You've been a we've known each other for a long time, for yes, many sir. years. So, uh, been a good friend, and uh, looking forward to uh, talking some has- basketball today. As you know, at this time of the year, when the Super Bowl's finished and the NBA All Star Weekend yes. is done, all focus shifts to what's upcoming in the college basketball world, and that's soon to be the conference championships. Yeah. Who's on the bubble? Who gets in? And obviously, the NCAA tournament. Best time of the year for my money. So let's start with the hot button issue right now, uh, the court storming, whether or not, you know, we need to crack down tougher, harder on it. Um, well, what's kind of your take on that? You, you've been a part of a few of those. Well, a couple of things. Number one is, um, you know, I was actually in Tucson, Arizona when uh, a, a young man who had been on the court storm, who was during a volleyball deal and actually had gotten trampled and paralyzed he was a player at the time oh wow and 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 he was in high school and uh, it maybe didn't make as much national news then people have talked about it since then um and he got really severely injured um and there's no denying it's a real safety issue yeah cl i mean i I don't know any other way to and this and this happened with this young man this was back in the you know in the early to mid 2000s so you know social media maybe wasn't as active then and all that stuff so so it wasn't as maybe a nationwide story. It, this is a really dangerous deal. But on the other hand, it's part of what the excitement of college basketball, obviously, is the court storming. How many times have you talked to people that have been in schools, alumni that have been part of a court storming and have a big time upset of a win? And, and they've been, that's part of one of their great college experiences. However, we've been very fortunate that, you know, uh, no one's died to this point. You know, I mean, there's been injuries and that's not. And and like I mentioned, the one that was against, you know, in in a high school kid in Tucson, he was severely injured and it was awful. And so they're very dangerous. And what I don't want is someone to have to get severely injured or God forbid a death. Yeah. For it to on a national level for there to be to take to action. So here's what I would say of a solution, because we can go both ways on it. One is, is they've obviously got to have secu- as much preparation, knowing that if there's a certain team you're going to play, yeah. there's pro- and you win the game, there's probably a good chance that that the game is going to be over and there's going to be a score storming. And when there's that mad rush of people, CL, you can have – you know, certain, you know, you, me and five other people could try to hold people back, but we would probably get trampled over too if there's just the the mass number of people like that. So how do you avoid the opposing team getting hurt? Because that's the, the initial number one to get them off the floor. Obviously, if it's not a buzzer beater type of situation, 
Can you call a timeout? And the referees at, at some point get them off the floor knowing what's coming too. If it is a buzzer beater situation or something like that where you don't have the time to get the opposing team off the floor, there's got there's got to be almost like a a a a fence put around where you keep where where if there was a storm of 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 people coming, it would not it would it would not allow it. I, again, these are just solutions that are part of it. The best solution that I saw was by the Kansas State. I don't know if you remember this. Kansas State this year played. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Kansas. It was Kansas. And 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 if you notice, the they were about to storm the court, and the assistant coach went out there and told everyone, told the, do not storm, do not do not leave, you know. And they didn't storm, and so it, probably it needs to be more from the head coach. Of a of a, almost like a PSA type of thing <laughs> beforehand because I don't know what else you can do because of the excitement of things that happen at it, but it's a really dangerous deal. Yeah. And you know, thank goodness Kyle Filipowski didn't, you know, get, you know, obviously might have had, I think, a sprained ankle or knee or something, but it wasn't anything that was, you know, life altering. So, but but we don't want it to get to that point before there's some change. And the SEC tries to fine you. Yeah, but obviously that doesn't work. Working. The money, the financial <laughs> aspect doesn't work. Yeah, I, I I don't know, other than this, the amount of security preparation, maybe putting a fence, knowing at the very end there if there was going to be a a court storming where people couldn't come on, I, something to 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 to, you know, stop it. I just because it is it is a scary situation. Yeah, yeah. What do you well, think, CL? What what's your what's your solution to it? Well, I uh, full disclosure, I did also participate in the court storming when I was in college. And there you go. See, it the, was part of the experience. The funny thing is, like, you run out on the court and it's like, where am I going? Right, right. <laughs> and then you're just in the middle of the court, you know, screaming, whatever, having having fun with your friends. But yeah, See, you, know, you know, you know, the other thing is, is, and again, this hasn't happened. I mean, it happened. You remember that that tennis player where that person came on the court and stabbed that tennis the women's player. Yeah, Monica Sellis, way back. Monica Sellis. I mean, thank God that that hasn't happened. But you know, how about if someone has a something comes on and and that's why you sometimes see the players on the field, whether it's football and or basketball, are ready to fire right back. Yeah, first reaction. reaction Try to protect it because they don't know what's going. I mean. It's 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 I mean, and it happened to Caitlin Clark earlier in the year mm-hmm. where, you know, so there's just there's probably nothing good of, that can come about it. Yeah. But it's part of the experience of college athletics. So yeah. how do you how do you make it both happen without there ever being a safety issue? And I think that's where we've got to come to. And the only way to do is to get the opposing team off the floor, yeah. get them out of there somehow, some way before. And then like. And then let them just storm after it's all said and done. But you've got to get the opposing team and the officials off the floor as fast as you can. Yeah, I wanted to transition to Kentucky. Um, certainly, they're always in the national discussion. And as someone who, for for my listeners that don't know, Josh was Josh was an assistant coach for John Calipari at Memphis. Uh, what 2008, 2009? Is that the correct years correct. Uh, before taking over as head coach when Calipari came to UK? And then there's the story. You almost joined him at UK, correct? That's I was I was excited. Ready. I didn't want to be the coach at Memphis because <laughs> who wanted to follow that guy? He yeah. had won ninety five percent of his games in his last four years. There, the greatest four year run in the history of the NCAA. Who 
You want to be the guy that follows the guy. You don't want to be, <laughs> you want to be crazy. And I ended up being the crazy guy following him. So because nobody wanted to take the job, yeah. <laughs> I was the last man standing. They needed somebody to take to, 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 you know, be the coach to keep the program moving forward. Well, you, you did that. You did it well. You did it well. Um, I wanted to ask though, with Calipari, what, what do you feel like, what's the secret behind how he gets a team with, with, constant turnover how he gets a team every year to play unselfishly to jail because this this team right here is one of his most unselfish in terms of the uh, high number of assists that they have per basket made cl this team i mean here's what i can tell you and, and i'm going to answer your question in a second but i would tell you that this overall kentucky team I, they are a, they are an extremely dangerous basketball team like they can win the national championship now, they could also have a, an, an early exit if, if they're not playing to their ability. And you can say, well, yeah. anyone can have that. But this is different because not as many teams can really – that have a real legit chance of winning it all, if that makes sense. I mean, Kentucky's yeah. one of those teams. But they could also, if they don't play to that ability, they could also falter early. Yes. I say all that to say what Alabama is really good. And for what they did against Alabama, like, I don't know if people fully understand to put that many points on the board in a college game. That's really hard to do with college guys in a 40 minute game. If that may, I mean, so they have, they, they are very lethal. They have the ability to do that. Now there, there is that stretch where they were not, they were scoring against Florida at home, mm -hmm. you know, Tennessee, you know, and they just couldn't get stops. Look at LSU the other day, Last week, they were up 14, and they just kind of let their foot off the gas, kind of just didn't play with that sense of urgency, allowed LSU to hang around, and LSU wins the game. But they're also the type of team that can just dominate you, kick your rear, and put 117 on you like they did against Alabama. So this is a team that's going to be a complete wild card in the tournament <laughs> that can literally win the whole thing or could possibly you know, lose early. But John Calipari is a master. He's a genius. He's one of the greatest to ever do it, to be able to motivate his guys year in, year out. I, you know, to to literally build a new team. And yes, he gets good, very good players, obviously, but to build a new team every single year and to have them being able to play at the highest level, like they year in, year out, competing at the highest level, and to mesh them together. Is, is what makes him one of the greatest to ever do it, his ability to connect with the guys. Um, and, he's a, and he's an outstanding basketball coach. And I work for him. His teams are outstanding defensively. They His teams are all about winning 50-50 balls and loose balls. So that's why, and I had said this on television, when his teams weren't defending at the level that needed to be defended at, were defend that were that would need to be were that were defending at the level that he was not accustomed to. I knew that wasn't going to be something that that was going to fly with him, just because his teams, CL, are all about tough, hard nose guarding. You know that's what his teams had been about, and so I knew that was going to get fixed. He's big about that in practice, and when you when you have the combination of his coaching, his ability to motivate, and getting the talent that he's getting. That's why they're in a real great position to possibly win the whole thing. Now, I want to jump on to something you alluded to, mentioning the Alabama game. They also went down to Auburn. Auburn was what? I think something like 44-2 and two in their last 46 they, home games. And, and, they, and, they, game. and, they, and they they had con total control of the yeah, game. Start to start finish. To finish at the, I, I didn't even mention that. That's absolutely. And that's my point. 
They can win it all. I'm telling you, Seattle, <laughs> they can win the whole thing. There's pro- there's not a team in this field that's probably as polarizing as Kentucky that can be yes. so extreme on one end and so extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's what I was getting at. Kind of like what what's the real Kentucky? Because we have those games where they play great against great teams. I kind of looked at them as spotlight games. But then when they're not in the spotlight, when they went and played at South Carolina, South Carolina was not ranked at the time. And South Carolina basically controlled that game start to finish. Playing at LSU, a team, like I kind of feel like I took them to task for flipping the switch, like thinking they can turn it on when it's a marquee game, when it's a high-level opponent, they've played well. Even in games they lost, but going back to Kansas earlier in the year when they beat North Carolina, like those marquee games, they come to play, you know, even when they lose. But then kind of the quote-unquote, the teams that – that aren't as easy to get up for Florida at home. You should win that game, right? We won down at Florida. Like, like I felt like that was the mentality of the players. We won down at Florida. Yeah, we're going to take care of this. And then they lose that game. And then going down to LSU, you know, double digit lead at halftime and, and ending up losing that game. So what, what's the real Kentucky here? Well, I think that's the question. And um, I think the real Kentucky is probably more on the side of, what they did at Auburn and what they did at Alabama uh, or versus Alabama, should I say at home? Um, but, but you're right. The, the, the consistency is the key for Kentucky. I mean, what's the consistency um, in order for them, you know, to be able to be the team that, that is able to be the team that was the Auburn team that beat Auburn at Auburn, that destroyed Alabama, you know, that, that had that not the team that, Lost to because again South Carolina just you know they're one of the best teams I think I think defensively in the entire yeah. SEC the entire country and Lamont Paris I think should be in consideration for National Coach of the Year has done an incredible job for sure but yes they should have won the game at LSU they were up fourteen they let their foot off the gas Florida they they didn't they didn't get stops I mean they 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 scored enough but they weren't getting any stops same thing at Tennessee they yeah. scored enough they didn't get stops. So that's my thing with Coach Calipari. I know because I, I was there. He everything's about defense, 50-50 balls. Like it's all on the on the efforts type of stuff. And when those things aren't happening, it it it's like he's just not going to let that fly. And I think for Kentucky to not have a letdown, for Kentucky to be able to continue moving forward and be that team where people think can get to the final four and beyond. It's going to all come down to the defensive side of the ball because I don't think there's any issue with them being able to score. That's being proven. Yeah. I mean, you guys got like guys like Reeves and Shepard, and I mean they, Wagner. They got a lot. I mean, they got great players all, all. And heck, Mitchell has been in and out with through injuries and things. Yeah. He, he, you know, they haven't got him at it all where he's been a consistent guy either. So I just think it's going to come down to the consistency and through the defensive end because in that tournament, in the NCAA tournament, CL. When they encounter a team where they don't shoot the ball well, can yeah. they win the game through defense? And yeah. that's going to be the question that's going to be the difference between them getting to Glendale, Arizona or not. Yes. Well, okay, so I want to leave off on Kentucky on this question. Um, being this late in the season, and uh, they haven't established that defensive consistency yet, is it – would Calipari be better off before after the Alabama game in his post game comments? He said going into the game, 
that he was like, we're going to have to outscore them. And where he's taking the emphasis off of defense and he's saying better offense. Are they going to have to just be better offense, you know, moving out? Because he also likes to point out they they have a a more well-rounded offensive team this year. Like last year when they lost to Kansas State in the tournament, Antonio Reeves was like one for 12 or something outrageous. You know, he had an off shooting night. They didn't have another player that could shoot like Reeves. This year, they got at least two more. And if he's hot, you know, a couple more guys, you know, with Dillingham, Rob Dillingham and, and Reed Shepard also shooting the three well. So how, how do you how do you feel about that? Well, I feel that, um, look, I think, I, I, and I think he was probably discussing it due to being in Alabama because, yes. like, I was in ESPN studio when Alabama played um, uh, Florida. Uh, or, you know, last week, I mean, what a high level game that was. You can feel the intensity in the, in the earpiece, you know, okay. during the course of the game. And then a couple of weeks earlier, I was in studio when Alabama was playing Auburn and you can feel the intensity in my earpiece of that, <laughs> of that game. So I just think with Alabama's ability to score and you know, the CL, I mean, as they play as fast as anyone, they get yeah. downhill, they can make shots. They, Number they, one in the nation. Uh, I mean, they're just, they're, they're elite at that. So I, I think he was dealing that with Alabama that you're going to have to outscore them. I mean, you're not going to hold Alabama to 50, 60 points. I just don't think it's reality as fast as they play as many threes as they shoot and as well as they get to downhill. So I think that was just part of the deal, what they had to do game plan wise. But, but, you know, they're going to face a team. Uh, they're going to play an Iowa state in the, in the, in, in somewhere in the, a team like that in the NC2A tournament where it's going to be a, half court grudge match just fist fight and and your offense isn't flowing and to win that type of game you're gonna it's gonna be an ugly grinded out grimy game and the only way to prevail is you're gonna have to do it through the defensive side of the ball and cl how many times have we seen that in the tournament where every team that ends up going the final four and winning the championship has one of those they have one of those they they just had a just it was an ugly street fight, and they found a way to win. Now, UConn last year had none of that. They were stress-free all year long, but that's the, that's the that's not the norm. Yeah, Most of the norm exception. is to get to Glenn, to get to the Final Four, and you're going to have to have one of those, and I think Kentucky's going to have one of those, and that's where it comes down to the fight. Can they are they are they going to be able to fight enough to to, to tough enough to get through that type of game when things aren't going their way offensively? Yes. All right. Well, let us move on to University of Louisville. Um, they're closing out. They have three home games remaining and a trip to Duke uh, Wednesday night. Um, I wanted to start in terms of Kenny Payne. Uh, what's what's what is what would you say? Let's take away, you know, the transport portal and and, you know, um, NIL and everything. What do you feel like in today's game is a realistic time to turn a program around, to rebuild a program? Well, CL, I don't think it's, you know, I think, you know, until until there's equality of the NIL, when I see equality, meaning everyone's playing under the same level playing field, you know, yeah. this isn't the end. People talk about this isn't, this isn't the NBA. The NBA has a salary cap. <laughs> There's a there's a limit what you can do. If you go over it, you're getting going to get hit with a heavy tax. This this is it's it's not equal. And there and I'm not there's no complaining or anything. I'm just this is the yeah, reality of yeah. it. You know it's it's not an equal 
it's it's who has more which booster you know has maybe more money over here compared to this booster maybe this booster has a lot but that, i don't want to do it i don't want to be involved in the ni you know so it's it's it, it's not an equal deal so what i would tell you is this there's a few things one my disappointment in this whole ordeal in co in college athletics and i'm and i'm so for for the for the student athletes to be taken care of and have an opportunities to continue to 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 you know uh, get a share of whatever they have an opportunity to get a share of that's awesome but 99.9999999% of these young men are never going to play professional sports never never ne it's not happening i mean all you got to do is go look at the g league guys who've never even got a cup of the coffee in the nba these guys are all Americans, Player of the Years, yeah. McDonald's, all they can't get a cup of. So my point is, yeah, not. But through all that, what's got lost in all this is the opportunity of the education, the opportunity of networking, the opportunity of improving your life. And even if you've got an NIL deal and you make a couple hundred thousand dollars, nothing to. That's a lot of money. But as you know, CL after taxes and I mean, in the economy is different. Things are going to eventually. It's it, you. You can't just be on the couch and retire the rest of your life back. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so, so it's, it's, it, that's been my disappointment is what's been the lack of talking about how hard, like the, 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 the toughness to play in the NBA that hasn't changed. So the power of the education and taking advantage of that, and that hasn't been discussed. And so how do we get to a reason to a, a level playing field where Look, they're not going backwards. You can transfer as, obviously as much as you want. It's the NILs here to stay, and so it's not a situation where it's a program. It's going to be more year by year. You've got to adapt to it. Yeah. And so I still believe there's it's it, it is what it is. You're going to have to take time. And I think the person, the people that hire, uh, or the decision makers, you know, I think on the front end they probably will tell the coach, hey, look, you've got to get this done in two years or. Or, hey, in this program, we're not going to maybe have as much NIL as some of these others, so we're going to build it this way. Yeah, we understand there's going to be ups and downs, and guys, you're going to lose here this year. You re-recruit a whole new team year by year, but that's just part of the deal. And so I just think it's 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 crazier than ever right now. And, um, you know, look, when I was at Georgia Tech, I believed you got to get old, stay old, you, you developing – but that model is maybe not the exact model right now yeah. in order to continue the success. And I think for Louisville, and I'm a dear friend, Kenny Payne, him. and I think his team, I think his guys have gotten better. And, and however, I understand the fan base there. Yeah. And they want to win today, now, yesterday. <laughs> and, um, and that's just, that's, that's the majority of uh, fan bases and programs that they're going to give you a lot of time. And I just think that's, why it's closer to the NBA now than ever is in terms of coaching. Yeah. Like you have a short window, but it's not the same as NBA is in terms of, of market and free agency salary cap because there's a, uh, they don't have, you know, there is not. It just kind of depends on which sometimes on who has the most wealthiest boosters or which booster is willing to continually to invest into the NIL. Well, I'll, I'll let you go on this one thing. I, I do think that, um, uh, going back to Kenny Payne at, at Louisville right now, I feel like there's almost a sense of humanity that is sometimes lost when, and I'm not pointing at U of L specifically in general in sports. You know, people forget that these coaches and these players are are real people. <laughs> you know, 
And so I was wondering when you were at Georgia Tech uh, near near the end of that time, how difficult is it? You know, what's the toughest part of quote unquote being on the hot seat? Well, look, I, I was a head coach for 14 straight years and I was on a hot a lot of the years <laughs> through the years. And so, um, uh, but that's part of the business. Um, I would love to, to do this one thing on Kenny Payne and Louisville. I would love for you to see Louisville give Kenny another year. I mean, to give him one more, you know, give him another year to see him get it turned and, and move it, continue, you know, uh, to give him that chance to do that. Uh, just again, that's probably more out of a, you know, because of my feelings towards Kenny too, but I'm always for coaches. I want to see coaches get get the benefit of the doubt. Um, but look, it's not easy. I don't care how much money you make or whatever it is. Look, nobody likes to have any negative, um, you know, things said about you or your job. And, you know, when you're a competitor, when you're a competitor, you want to win every game. You don't want to be your job to be on, on ice. And however, when you are at this level and you are a coach and you are, especially at the level of a division one and, and, you know, and, you know, you don't, it's just, there is a scoreboard for a reason. And if you don't win enough, that's just the reality of it. A lot of times they're going to see time to make change. And I think once you get into that part of it, I think people, you know, once you're in that profession, especially as you get into the higher levels, that's just part of business um, um, that, that you just, you know, you got to win or, or else they're bringing in a new person to, to, to replace you. And that's, that's just part of the deal. Well, Josh, that was well said. And again, I appreciate you for joining me hey, CL, on the show. CL real, CL, real quick, before I let you go, going even back to the court storming, look, I exercise, I work out. Yeah. You're a good looking guy. You got, <laughs> you need four other guys like us standing there. We couldn't stop the mass people of students. <laughs> we would get trampled over. That's my, so even if you have all the yellow coats and everyone there, I don't know if you can stop a stampede of students who are <laughs> who are just trying to get on the floor. There's got to be a solution, like we like we discussed at the beginning part of this podcast here, to find a way to to allow the students to enjoy, but at the same time, allow there to make sure there's everyone safe and sound, and there's no injuries. We've got to come to a compromise somehow, some way, with whatever that may, whatever that that solution is, uh, to find a way to do that. So. I don't know, but I'm hoping that it comes up to it real quickly before God forbid there was just an incident that you know that it that we never none of us want to see. Yes, indeed. I mean, maybe this this is what it had to take for there finally to be enough discussion to come up with. Some I mean, look, things. when you're playing when you're playing Duke, you know how it is. You're playing Kentucky. There's certain schools that if you probably win the game, yeah. Whether you like, there, there's probably a chance of a court storm or a chance where there's a heavy student section you know of you know there's probably a chance if it's a if it's a close game or a win or whatever there's there's a good chance there's a court storm just like in the football there's a good chance there's a football you know on the seat you know people coming on the field it's just trying to be proactive on that but not every school is going to have the same resources to have the the amount of people to be able to secure the place either and that's why i know if there's something it's like a hockey ring you know they put the rink around obviously oh, it's yeah. a different deal you don't want to get on the ice but I don't know if there's something they can come up and put like a big net around when it's like when there's no time left. I, I don't know, but there's got to be a solution to something. So, um, but like you said, maybe this is what will trigger a solution to happen that will protect everyone moving forward and still allow the students to have the that experience somehow, some way to, to have that part of the college experience. 
Indeed, indeed. When when are you going to see you back on the sideline? You know what, CL? I love television. Uh, I loved it. But I love being a head coach. I don't know until we get to this, you know, in a couple weeks, I don't know what opportunities will will present itself, whether it's from potential athletic directors or even potential my bosses in television. Maybe they I don't know if they think I'm good enough. They want to keep me around or or so we'll see how things kind of move move forward. But I've loved I've loved it. I've loved every second being part of the media and I've really enjoyed it. It's been a real blessing and I've got tremendous respect. I've had great colleagues, tremendous yeah. producers, people I've been able to work with and work for. It's been a real, real, real cool opportunity. Well, the, it's cool having you as one of us, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining man, me. CL. And that will conclude another episode of the CL Brown Show. I'd like to once again thank my guest, Josh Pastner, for joining me, for dropping some jewels there in this 30-minute segment. If you like what you heard, please click on those subscribe buttons and leave a positive review because we need more love in this world. And this podcast could use a few more positive reviews, right? Anyway, uh, if you don't, that's cool too. Just stay tuned, kick back, and wait for another episode to drop on Wednesday. And as I close out and leave this episode, I'd like to give a shout out to all of my people in Winston-Salem who graduated from Roots Academy. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Catch you next week. 